Hello, hello, and welcome to another Two Network video. This is a summer update, and um, we're in the first week of July. Um, so let's see what's been going on at Newcastle this week. Okay, so first up, we uh, made our first new addition to the squad after signing Atsu um, last month or two months ago. Uh, is Florian Lejeune uh, from Ibar, who's quite a tall defender. He's come in for £8.7 million. Pounds, um, and he's come in to challenge for the centre-back. I don't know what that means for uh, the likes of the, the clark Lascelles pairing. I don't know what that means for Chancel Mbemba. Um, what it definitely means for Grant Handley is that he's pretty much off um, Sheffield Wednesday likely to be going for him I think uh, from the sounds of things um, but Lejeune I'll admit never seen him play not once um, I saw a pretty mint rake that he scored um, on Twitter that seemed pretty decent but we haven't got him for his goal scoring um, let's have a look at some of his stats actually uh, from last season and Ibar were pretty impressive given the, the, the relatively small scale of their club um, so let's have a look <clears throat> Opta saying here, Lejeune made 191 clearances in the La Liga, which is the most of any defender in the competition. Obviously, it's important to keep in mind that because he was playing for a lesser side, Ibar, defender, he's going to have more to do. But he was still there to do it, which I think is encouraging. You know, the fact that he's coming at the top of any kind of stats table, I think, says a lot about who he is and what kind of potential he could bring to the squad. Um, who scored saying of the 173 players to contest over 50 aerial duels in La Liga last season Lejeune had the best aerial success rate and that was at 76.2% again he's getting um, he's getting lots of stuff done as a defender he's, 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 he's involved in a lot um, I think his aerial prowess is going to be a really big asset in the Premier League. Um, I know that Lascelles and Clark good in the air, but I think um, Lejeune does seems to have that commanding uh, presence as well. Um, but he also isn't too bad on the floor either. Um, Seventy-five percent pass completion last season, which is which is reasonable uh, for a centre back um, playing the, one of the Europe's top five leagues. I think that's. Pretty sound to be honest. I think that's not too bad. Um, apparently, he can kind of play as a midfielder as well, but I, I think we'll mainly be seeing him in uh, centre back. Um, interesting to note that in his interview, he did suggest that he had played in three man defences before. So I don't know what that means for um, our intentions in the Premier League for Rafa playing uh, maybe a three um, man defence. Don't know if we're going to have the wing backs to do it, as we've certainly got Yedlin that can perform that uh, wide right role. But we, I wouldn't really put Dummett into that category of the marauding. To be honest, Dummett's uh, um, and, and important to mention that Dummett and Lascelles have both uh, been offered uh, new deals or reported to be offered new deals this this week as well. Uh, but maybe the left side of a three man centre back. Uh, uh, triplets <laughs> um, might actually be the best might actually be the best position for Dummett who I don't see as a natural left back although he performed really well last season um, 
I see him more of a centre back, so maybe left side of centre back might be his calling. Who knows? But he's got a new contract along with uh, Jamal Lascelles as well, um, on top of Lejeune signing. Um, a couple more stats here um, of La Liga interceptions in last season. Sergio Ramos and Pepe combined 95. Lejeune on his own, 104. Um, again, Ibar defence is going to be a lot busier than the Real Madrid defence, but it just kind of goes to show how much he was involved last season um, and that he's not afraid to muck in. So I think for, for 8.7 million, it's, 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 a, it's a very low-risk signing and he, and, he, and he seems to have stats on his side, even though, like myself, uh, many of you might never have seen him play. Let's trust Rafa on this one. I'm going to go for it. Um, I think um, I think it'd be a success. I think it'd be great. Um, plus, he looks a bit like um, Alderweireld as well, so can't be all bad, can it? Um, news coming in today is that Vernon Anita, um, who's released by us uh, last month, um, has joined Leeds United on a free transfer. Um, really pleased for him. Um, I think it was the right decision to let him go. I know a lot of you guys. Well, it was he was quite divisive. I think. I think a lot of lot of you agreed with me that he was. It was probably just time to move on. Um, personally, I thought he was a kind of jack of all trade, master of nothing. I don't think he was particularly excelled in defense, defensive midfield because he was because of his diminutive height. I thought that at right back he was suspect um, and quite slow off the pace. Um, but good luck to him. He was a really good servant for Newcastle. Um, he didn't even look like he was looking to move on when we got relegated. He sort of seemed to step up, take a lot of responsibility as being one of the senior members of the squad as well. Um, I liked him a lot um, as a as a as a as a as a guy. I guess he, he as a, as a footballer, he seemed to be quite a professional um, model, professional. But I think now, top of the championships, probably his level, and I think he'll do well there, and I think he'll be well loved by the fans. Um, so that's Vernon Nita uh, found himself a new club. Right, so um, the other bit of news this week um, is the that Sky and BT have released their fixture list, um, and of the our first seven Premier League fixtures back in the Premier League, five of them are going to be televised. Um, so the opener against Spurs that's been moved to the Sunday um, at at half one. Um, Seven days later, we'll be playing Huddersfield away at half one. That's another Super Sunday as well. Then we've got West Ham at home. That's not televised. Then we've got, on September the 10th, at Swansea away. That's going to be televised. It's a 4pm kickoff. Then we've got September the 16th, uh, Stoke at home. That's not televised. But then September the 24th, the Brighton away match. That's also be moved to a 4 o'clock Sunday kickoff. Um, and then October the 1st is Liverpool at home and that's a 4.30pm kickoff. So there's been a couple of interesting uh, tweets. Um, by the minute, NUFC tweeted that Sky had a 19% drop in TV viewers last season. Um, they show five of our games in the opening few weeks of the new season. Coincidence? Nah. <laughs> and it's... Uh, it, it, it's quite poignant. I mean, obviously, Newcastle got a lot of airtime on Sky during the championship, which is very understandable. But it can't be denied that we're a draw on TV, even in the Premier League. 
the, the drop in TV viewers, I think, has probably a lot to do with um, maybe the growing um, piracy <laughs> that's kicking about and is a lot more accessible for, for people and some of the, the big broadcasters have to try and combat that. But it's still to be said that we are a draw. The fact that they've got the Liverpool game in there, I think, says a lot. And, you know, we're part of the opening weekend as well against Spurs. That's going to be an absolutely massive game. Um, hopefully it'll be a repeat of the 5-1, as we mentioned before. But, yeah, I think five out of the seven, and the other two are home games anyway. So for season ticket holders, uh, like myself, like you guys, um, that's the first seven games of the season. Absolutely smashed in. Brilliant. Uh, can't wait. It's it's becoming a lot more real now, isn't it? Now that the fixtures are out and you've actually got a, you've got the times as well, you can actually start planning your life around uh, the new season. But there's a long way to go yet. Um, there's a good month or so before uh, before that gets kicked off. About five weeks time. Um, <clears throat> but on the on the fixture shifts as well, um, Gary Willis on Twitter also says. Absolute disgrace that the games at Brighton and Swansea are 4pm kickoffs on a Sunday for TV. Last trains, planes will be missed. I think that's a really, really good point. And if you remember when we played Brighton away last season in the Championship, in the 2-1 victory, that really important win uh, where Perez got the, got the winner, that was on a Tuesday night. And if you think Brighton, I mean, I checked the, I checked the miles and it's a 600 a 90 mile round trip. So nearly 700 miles that away fans are gonna to have to travel to get there and back. And they've put it on sort of like the last last game on a Sunday. Again, it, 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 it it's baffling. And I think, you know, Newcastle shoved all the way up there in the north, largely forgotten about. It's, it's not great and it's not logic, you know? I think more needs to be done uh, to combat sort of illogical fixture arrangements like that. It's 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 quite silly. Nothing we can do. Obviously, we just got to suck it up. But you know, they'll st we'll still be able to take. Um, guarantee we'll still be taking a massive crowd down there. Likely, we'll sell out the allocation given uh, given the rivalry last season. Um, but it'll be it'll be great to watch anyway. It'll be it'll be a good one. So yeah. So anyway, looking at um, <clears throat> looking at some transfer targets. Obviously, we've. There's been a bit of unrest and a bit of concern um, amongst fans. Um, I know a couple of the journalists close to St James's Park goings on have maybe intimated that Rafa is a bit not quite disillusioned. I mean, there were some tabloid papers that suggested he was on the brink, ready to go. Um, it doesn't sound like that was actually close to being the case, but doesn't suggest, it doesn't mean that he's not unhappy currently. We went for Tammy Abraham, that we seem to dither there, and Swansea swooped in and got him. We went for Caballero, but I think um, we're offered him number one spot, Caballero, and he's gone to sit on Chelsea's bench, which is fair play. I think you'll still see a lot of game time in, in cup competitions, Champions League perhaps, and that's kind of a draw that we can't really provide. Um, but besides those, um, 
It doesn't seem to be... I mean, maybe it's good that we don't know what's going on because it also means other clubs don't know what we're doing either. And I think, you know, I'll take a bit of sort of non-communication about who we're going for and when if it means that we're gonna that, that's going to help us beat other clubs to players that we want. I'd rather be happy at the end of the summer than and, and go through a little bit of frustration now, say, um, than sort of be told absolutely everything, but then that sort of gives a game away. We want to keep our cards close to our chest, especially in a summer like this. It's going to be so unpredictable, but I think it's true that we really need to... We've got Lejeune and we got him for quite a cheap price, but what we're going to need to do is we're going to need to break that seal, that £20 million seal. There's no way we're going to get through the summer without spending £20 million at least on one player. It's It's got to happen. If we want the quality that we that we should be getting in, that we should be expecting in this marketplace, we absolutely need to be breaching um, and breaking our club record, which I think was owned for what, 16.8 million, 17 million. <clears throat> that's been that's existed since well, been, it's existed for about 12 years or so. So, where do we look for? I know we're looking at a lot of foreign talent as well, but what I think and what I've written an article about as well is that the to have a look at the top six clubs in the Premier League, there's a lot of potential there, and I think that's the ideal market for Newcastle United. We what we want is Premier League experience, so that there's there's a there's a there's a lack of risk there, but what we also want is players who have been amongst the top managers, have been amongst been in squads with the top players that aren't getting a game and. Look at the top six clubs. Say, you know, you've got Mourinho who's been in the job a year. You've got Conte who's been in the job a year. You've got Guardiola who's been in the job a year. You know, <clears throat> Pochettino's only been in the job a couple of years. Um, Klopp's only been in the job a couple of years. There's a, there are squads still in massive transition. So you've got players, you know, like Luke Shaw. Smalling, Jones from Man United, for example. You've got players like, um, well, you've got players like Clichy and, and Sanya who have left Man City who aren't getting kept on. You look, you look at Liverpool as well, there'll be, there'll be players to get there. Arsenal, for example, have loads of players like, like Oxley Chamberlain, Walcott, who, Coquelin even, who they, they might not be getting the game time that they want. I mean, certainly in squads like Chelsea, loads of players that we could be picking up. There's loads of players that are very talented at Chelsea, but don't fit into Conte's specific uh, strategy. Don't don't fall into a specific philosophy. So it's not that they're not good enough. It's it's that they're just not the right type of player. And those managers with specific philosophies, Klopp, Guardiola, Pochettino, Conte as well, they they're gonna to want to ship these players out so they can bring their own guys in, you know? So it's an opportunity for, for, for players, and it's an opportunity for a club like Newcastle to show ambition. Now we apparently we've absolutely categorically not got an interest in Joe Hart. Okay? I understand why the room was there, and I would have had Joe Hart. And I really would have done. Because, um, again, it's the market that we need to be looking at. Players who have been there, done that, but still 
of an age where they can actually perform at the highest level. Hart's confidence had gone a bit, um, but I, you know he didn't have maybe the greatest season in Torino, but he was in a foreign country and his confidence was knocked. <laughs> and maybe back in England he might be able to do something for another club, but apparently we're not in for him. I hope that means that we're going to go for Pep Rainer. I, I, honestly, I, I, I think it would be a real statement of intent from us and he's been there and done it. He'd be such a presence in the dressing room as well. And I think the younger guys could learn a lot from him. Um, I'm looking at players like Woodman, you know, who I'd like to really progress in the next couple of years and try and get his chance, hopefully, because we've let, you know, we've let goalkeepers like Fraser Forster go before and he's an established Premier League goalkeeper now. So we need players like that. So look, I hope this means Rayner, that is that is what we're absolutely going for after missing out on Caballero, after saying that we're not interested in Joe Hart. Apparently, we're not even we're not we're also not interested in Grosicki and Klugas, which is which have been um, rumours as well. Um, I'm hoping that say from Hull, we might be having a look at Andy Robertson at left back. Um, but again, back to the back to the top six clubs. You know, you got players like Kieran Gibbs, who has been really strongly linked to the last couple of weeks. I think the initial valuation was about 15 million. But now that's gone down to eight, allegedly. It's all reports, obviously. We don't know what's going on. Agents are saying things, clubs are saying another. It, journalists kind of are probably as much in the dark as we are because they're getting told conflicting things and it's, 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 it's working out who's right, who's wrong, and which of the rumors to listen to. But, but Gibbs at eight million, he's 27, He's got really good Premier League experience. He's not injury prone, as a lot of people think. He's been injured for three weeks of the last three years. Um, he's got England caps. He's played in the Champions League. And he's played very well when he's been called upon, even though he hasn't been getting a run of games behind um, Nacho Monreal. But obviously because Arsenal have just brought in another left-back and spent a bit of money, he's third choice now and... It's probably his last big move, to be honest, in his late 20s. If he's going to be signing a three, four-year contract, he'd be, in his, he'd be in his 30s, you know. So his last big move, perhaps, for Kieran Gibbs. I think he could absolutely do a job. We've been crying out for a first-choice um, natural left-back. I don't think we've bought one since Jose Enrique. You know, Hadara was brought in as a reserve player. Dummett's come up through the ranks. But he, again, he, and even then, he's not a natural left-back, as I, 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 would, I would argue. Even Lazar that we bought in last last year was arguably a winger. You know, he's not a defensive-minded. <clears throat> but Gibbs would probably be my number one pick at left-back. Apparently, we've had a look at Callum Chambers, another player I think would be absolutely excellent, excellent acquisition for us to battle for right-back. We can't rely on Yedlin for the entire season. Um, as impressive as he's been, and we need competition in there. Cham Chambers has a bit of... Uh, versatility as well. I'm a big fan of his. Delph, Fabian Delph is another one that's been kicking about today again. Uh, it's, it's a rumour that hasn't really gone away the last couple of years. 12 million apparently for, for Fabian Delph. Um, he would he would give us something a bit different to John Joe Shelby, who again we need competition for. We need competition for every position. Um, Delph is more of a dribbler, passer, will run with the ball, where Shelby will look around quarterback he'll pick out a pass he doesn't have to do the running because his his ball skills can do it for him um, 
But has Delft played enough football in the last three years to, to spend £12 million on? There's an argument to say £12 million's pretty much £6 million in old money. So it would be a low risk. Is he better than Colback? Yes. Is he better than Diame? Probably. Maybe. Um, in some situations. So... And again, homegrown. All those last three I've, I've mentioned, homegrown. And homegrown are going to be at a premium, um, given strict rules about um, squad statuses as well in the Premier League and in European competitions as well. From Liverpool, we've been looking at Shea Ojo um, on loan. Um, <clears throat> tricky winger who sort of been impressed for sort of the England unders. Um, if if Klopp wants to give him some game time out, he's probably going to... I think he'd be a, a pretty good... He sounds like he's a pretty promising player. I haven't seen a lot of him. Um, but what I have seen is he he seems like quite an exciting young player. Um, could give us something off the bench. Um, and again, what we don't want to be doing is relying on just a couple of wingers that we've got. Richie and Atsu. Aaron's is back, but for how long, you know? we A lot of people complaining well why should we develop other other clubs develop you know academy players when it's just like well when the academy players that we have can't cut it and that's even in the championship yeah <laughs> that's why so that could be an option Ruben Loftus-Cheek from from Chelsea another top six uh, squad player he could be available on loan is he going to get the game time at Chelsea it's unlikely um, coming from a title winning side who have yet to spend anything yet, but you better believe they will do. Um, from Manchester City, um, Kelechi Iniacho, um today's been highly linked with Leicester City for 25 million. I'd be, I'd be really jealous if they got him. Uh, I really would. I think 25 million is, he's again, he's had very little opportunity to prove himself. But when he, when he, when he has played, he scored. I think there's a stat flying around that he's he's had about 19 shots in the Premier League and he's scored 12 of them. He's an absolute poacher. He's a natural finisher. But again, where does he go? Does he go to the team who won the league two seasons ago, or does he go to the, or does he come to the the team who've just come up from the Championship? Newcastle might not mean anything to him, and it's a shame that we maybe can't compete with the likes of Leicester, despite what they've achieved in the Champions League. And it's absolutely amazing. But you almost think that next season. Do they just revert back to default as a kind of low to mid table side? I don't know. I don't. I don't know how it'll pan out. I don't think it seems so tight in that bottom twelve. Um, but he's another player from a top six squad that we probably need to be looking at. And you know, the likes of Batshuayi as well. Is what's he going to do? It's unlikely. We, it'd be. It's very unlikely we'd get him. And the likes of Giroud as well. I don't think we. I think we're just not at that. I don't think we have that uh, draw for players like that who would be looking for better clubs. Um, but then you look at, like, again, from Liverpool, Daniel Sturridge has been talked about a lot. Is he, is he somebody to go for? Personally, I don't think the money would work given his injury problems, and I don't think we'd fork out so much in wages or on transfer fee for somebody who hasn't really stayed at a club longer than a couple of years. Um, and some top clubs, and his injury 
issues. I just think Rafa wouldn't take the risk. I, I don't know. I might be completely wrong on that, but I, I'd be very surprised if we, you know, the, the likes of the talk about Carroll as well. Like, I don't think that would ever happen anyway. But again, he's another one who's injury prone, and I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to pay so much and so much a week for somebody who you can't guarantee to get, you know, over thirty games in the season. So. I think there's, I think there's value to be had and talent to be, you know. Looked at in the top six, squads that are bloated, that are looking at bigger stars. You know the fact that like Chelsea are going to be spending, possibly spending like ninety five million or something on Alexandro and um, Rudiger combined, like for for to two fullbacks, nearly hundred. It's crazy money at the minute, but it just means that they'll need to sell. They'll all need to sell. Man United's as well. You know, if there's a chance that Smalling, you know, I don't, you know, we maybe don't need too many centre backs now. But if there was an if there was an opportunity to get like a Kurt Zuma on loan, or you know, there's loads of names flying around that we could really go for. We should be going for it, and that that's what would show ambition. And and by compiling a a squad with a lot of Premier League experience, but the right ages as well, not past it. The right ages, just and I'm sick of sitting on the bench. We can guarantee them a big stadium, a world-class manager, and game time, starting positions in the Premier League. It's, it, it's all a footballer wants to do. They want to play. Yes, you might sit on the bench at Chelsea or Man City and get some trophies, but how many minutes of that trophy have, have you played and how, how much do you feel that you've contributed? And would you not just prefer minutes? At the end of the day, they're all footballers, they're all humans, and they just want minutes. So we'll see what happens, but I'd like to think, you know, Mark Douglas has suggested um, that two more are quite close, but then Lejeune was quite close about four weeks ago. So we don't know. I think we're still feeling our way into the market, and I think that's where the frustration is. I think it's good to see the lads back at training. Um, it'll really thrust into people's faces just how much, say, you know, where Benitez will see deficiencies in a squad, and there are a lot in the context of Premier League. We do need plenty more signings. I'd like to think that we smash the next few weeks out so that we get to the start of August and we're, we're essentially we've done 90% of our business. I'd really like that to be the case. I remember last season, they just came thick and fast, actually, and sometimes out of the blue. So... Maybe it is that we're just the club are just keeping cards close to the chest. I'd rather that happened than risk as you know as missing out. We've missed out that we know of, Caballero and, and Tammy Abraham. I can live with that. I can live with that for now. But we'll just see what happens um, moving forward. Anyway, I've been rambling for ages. Hope you've enjoyed a bit of a summer update. At the time of recording, it is um, it's it's the evening of the sixth of July. So. Um, We'll have another update soon when there's a bit more to um, um, comment about and feedback on. Um, let us know in the comments below, if you're watching on YouTube, who would you like to see us sign from the top six? Who are your favourite uh, favorite possible players from there? And, and, and from abroad as well or, or elsewhere in the Premier League? Um, who should we be signing to kick on? Um, who will be that first player over £20 million? We'll see. Anyway, thanks for watching and listening if you've been watch, uh, listening to this on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, I've been Adam from the Toon Network. 
we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Come and check us out. We've got some blogs coming out soon as well. Um, so yeah, look forward to seeing you all. Cheers. Thanks very much. Bye-bye.